Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 3 of the Willow Center Podcast. My name is Chase Cotton, and I am one of the hosts for Season 3, and here I have... Hi, I'm Mason Christie. I am the new co-host. Welcome, Mason. We're so stoked to have Mason on the team. So the theme for Season 3 of the Willow Center Podcast is myth-busting. Specifically, busting myths about the recovery community, about those of us who experience struggles with our mental health and substance use problems, and we want to, to break up those myths that create a lot of the stigma that prevents people from getting the help they need. So we're, we're just going to dive right in with our guest this, this month uh, with uh, episode one, the myth being people who have used drugs are bad people. This is something we hear all the time, something you see in movies, in TV, uh, on the radio. You hear people called names, and we really moralize this problem in a way that is, is it's kind of mythological. It's just not always true. So let's go ahead and, and introduce our guest, and we're going to dive into this myth and really break it down and figure out what, what the truth is here. So welcome our Season 3, Episode 1 guest, Minka. Thank you, Minka, for being here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, introduce myself. My, my name is uh, Minka Bechtemba. But before I do that, when you said myth-busting, I thought of ghost-busting. Because actually, man, uh, uh, substance use's daughter is like a ghost. It comes up on you any time, you know what I mean? But anyway, back to the point. I like that metaphor. <laughs> uh, uh, back to the point. I'm Mika Bechtemba. Uh, I'm in recovery, uh, substance use disorder, four and a half years. I'm a peer recovery coach, peer recovery specialist. Uh, I've been working in addiction recovery, uh, providing peer support about uh, four years now. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about uh, sort of your 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 business that you are the director of this, this oh, peer support man. business. Oh man, you know I'm so grateful and so blessed every day. Recovery, you know, it gave me an opportunity to. I'm all about multiple pathways, and that's the name of my business: Multiple Pathways to Recovery LLC, uh, out of Avon, Indiana. You know, uh, I, I just came with that idea because. I struggled many years. I'm talking from an early age, 19 years old. You know, went to prison for 30 years. You know, I, mean, I was sentenced to 30 years, did about 60. I struggled many years, lost many family and friends. And I was always told that, if you know, when I attempted recovery, that you can only do it this way. You got to work these steps. You don't work these steps, you don't get it. So, you know, I guess I didn't get it because I was being told I couldn't get it. But then when I was exposed to multiple pathways of recovery, because everybody recovery is different, uh, I end up with a business name, Multiple Pathways to Recovery. You know, yeah. Thanks so much for honoring us with your story and sharing a little bit about your, about your background. It's inspiring, and it's always an encouragement when we get to have a guest who is in long-term recovery themselves with that lived experience, because uh, it's it's proof that recovery is possible, right? And what's what's oh, that man. that saying, that mission statement that you use for your oh, business? Oh, man. Uh, you know, it, I say every day in my emails, whatever, it's my signature. I let people know recovery is possible. Recovery is for everyone, and recovery is great. I mean, I mean this. Love you know, that. I feel this, you know, and uh, I share this every day. Yeah. Yeah, love that. Thanks, Minka. So we've got a few questions to uh, take us deeper into this myth, this myth of people who have used drugs are bad people, this prevailing, stigmatizing belief. Um, so I wanted to start with sort of the why. In your lived experience and in uh, the experience you have with working with others who are, are trying to start the recovery journey, why do most people even use drugs or, or drink alcohol in the first place? Well, you know, there, there can be a number of reasons why people uh, misuse drugs. You know, uh, I mean, I, I'm a member of the BIPOC community. I mean, we live a life, uh, you know, of trauma. Trauma every day. You see it on the news. You see it in real life. I get pulled over just because 
color of my skin. Just, just different traumas in our in our lives. That could be a cause. But then we're also introduced, you know, through it be through the doctor, through be through it, uh, you know, just a social environment. We're introduced to drugs, you know, and it's just kind of uh, how about we cope with people. Most people, you know, introduced to cope with the pain, uh, mental health issues, you know. We, you know, and once you're introduced, and then, uh, you know, you start uh, 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 kicking in them uh, dopamines unnaturally, and at, and and at the moment, you know, you know, you take a hit, uh, you take a shot, or whatever you do, it, you know, we we become addicted, man. You know, so there's numbers of reasons why people are, you know, become uh, uh, addicted to, uh, you know, substance. You know. I think you hit on something really interesting there, mm-hmm. which is you hit on misuse and coping skills. Right. And I think that is uh, those are two are really married together. Right. Because as people start to misuse and overuse, and then it becomes the only thing that gives them that release. But it it there is that that's one of the pathways that gets people into addiction. And thankfully, there's multiple pathways like you were just talking about right. to get yeah. out of it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think th- uh, another important point you just made was the connection to trauma, um, especially as a member of the BIPOC community. But um, can you, in, in your opinion, can you list some of other, the, just a various bullet point list of types of trauma that a person might experience that could lead them towards substance use? Well, you know, uh, like I said, I, 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 I live, I, I, I'm a person of uh, color, uh, you know, so I live on that level. And you know, growing up, I mean, you know, uh, I, I suffered from uh, what I know now, severe depression. Mm. You know, and I started acting up at an early age. You know, I didn't know this was severe depression. We didn't know in our community there was se- severe depression. Right. You know, we just thought Mika just a bad guy. Mm. You know, he's he's mean, he's bad. You know, what I mean, he's gonna act up, and that's what actually the label I was given. You know, so at a young age, and. Uh, uh, and it just goes into, you know, and then here we go. Okay, I'm bad. Well, I'm going to do bad things. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm told I'm bad. I'm going to do bad things. And I started with alcohol. Oh, man, that, 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 that drug right there. And it's legal. It's around. You know, let's get it's drink. Let's get a drink. Maybe. We ain't going to school today, you know. And it just goes on and on. Then here comes marijuana. Marijuana's out there. And, you know, but, that, but like I said, trauma's uh, just growing up. I mean, uh. I, I went through, uh, 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 how would you say, uh, 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 transition of family. I'm, I'm biracial. I went from a white family to a black family. I went through, you know, maybe a separation uh, disorder or something, whatever it was. I know I was in a depression. I, I yeah. know now. But then that was the trauma I went through. And then, and then just growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in, I see violence every day. You know what I mean? But not only amongst ourselves, but the police, you know, <laughs> we seen trauma with them every day. You know, they just, yeah. you know, I see on the news recently talking about jump out boys. Well, we, I grew up in a neighborhood like they would have jump out and assault you or whatever, whatever the trauma is, just some traumas, you know. But I, I only speak to what I went through, you know, sure. and growing up, yeah. And w- one of the things you hit on there was jumping back from your, like, two families right. and the, like, attachment issues that can happen with that and i think that there's a saying and i mean there's many things that go into addiction but one of the sayings is connection is the opposite of addiction so like isolation and addiction are really married together so i'm curious if that was um it kind of sounds like you're alluding to like that was partially your experience you know there's a saying out there recovery is connection you know what i mean but when you disconnect you know 
you start becoming disconnected. You start your buddies, your family's on the street. You know, that's your family because y'all doing the same thing. You know, y'all getting high together, you know. So, you know, but yeah, there is a, uh, I don't know uh, if I'm answering that, but uh, yeah, disconnect, you know, and, and connection. Like I said, it's, it's the same recovery as connection. But when you kind of disconnect and you find that niche that's working for you or, or you don't want to even think about that connection because you don't know what connection is, you just start using, man. You start finding something else. You're introduced to alcohol now. There we go. You connect with that. You know, and that becomes your love. I mean, you know, I, I think about relationships, man. You lose all that. But then I was in love with alcohol. I was in love with heroin. I was in love with crack. You know, <laughs> and I don't want to hear none of that other stuff from anybody, you know. Yeah. yeah. So what I hear you saying is that using in the first place has more to do with what's happened to someone. Yeah. What kind of person oh, they yeah. are. Now, I mean, sometimes there's cases where you just get introduced, you know, and socially, you know, and okay, you're good, but then you think tomorrow, next day, well, I want I felt pretty good, so I'm going to try that again. And you continue to repeat that process just to feel good, you know, and uh, next day you know, hey, you got a, you got a habit, you know, you're addicted, you know, you want this all the time, you know. Right. It takes over, you know. Right. So if it's true that, that addiction has more to do with, who we're with and what's happened to us throughout childhood and adulthood, would you consider addiction to be just a moral problem as it's sometimes referred to in like media and oh, in the public? Man. You know, it's far from a moral problem. You know, uh, 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 I mean, we would turn into some bad people now, but we would turn into them bad people because of that substance, you know, lie, uh, lie cheating, steal. I mean, that, that just said to survive, to uh, keep that drug in us, you know. But uh, it, it, it's not a moral issue at all, man. You know, I, I think back to uh, even the groups I ran in. I could be with the uh, group of people, and we were using heroin. I'm hanging on that scene. Uh, but then, you know, we, we'll be degrading the person over here that's smoking crack. You know what I mean? <laughs> person that's smoking crack, you know, uh, they'll look at the uh, person that's using heroin and say, you know, well, use that heroin, you know what I mean? You're worse than me. We, we, we would put biases and stigmas on each other. Mm. Uh, I, I, I only drink, man, but you you smoke crack. You you know, I only drink, but you doing that heroin. But yet we all, are, you know, that substance is taking over our brains, our right. bodies, you know. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a moral thing, man. I mean, if it was a moral thing, you know, uh, it wouldn't be so uh, 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 pervasive, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think with um, th th there is this this myth with, with the um, that it is a moral problem. But I, that, that was really you dispelled that really well, because you, you talked about how the substance can maybe um, it just changes the mind, you oh, know, and yeah. it changes it can change the morals. But at the person's core, that's not really who they are. And they can get back to that. The recovery, right? I, I ain't no doubt about it. Look at myself, man. Mm. I mean, at age of 19, I'm out ripping, robbing, you know, whatever I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, because I'm on that drug. Every time I got in trouble with the justice system, I was high. Mm. I was high, ain't no doubt about it, you know, and I, and, and I ain't using that as an excuse, you know what I mean? But it took over me, you know, it took over me for many years, you know. I come out of prison worse than I was. I was using in prison. You know, I came out worse than I was. Within a year, I went back and I did 16 years first time. I went back and did five more years. And then I just fluctuated in and out, lost family, friends, all that, you know. But I kept using, you know. 
when I did get caught, you know, uh, they said, well, you need some help. Okay, well, I'll fake at the help. I was faking at help this time. Yeah. I caught a drinking and driving after 10 years. It was a misdemeanor. A week later, I, get, I, I fall asleep at the wheel. I get another one. I said, well, I'm going to fake at it again because I want this drug, and I'm going to go ahead and get past the course and everything. I'm going to go in and act like I'm in recovery. I'm doing it. But, you know, it's four and a half years later, and this time it caught on. You know, yeah, it caught on. You know, maybe because I'm getting older or whatever, you know. And, and, you know, God is real. There's something greater than me, and ain't no doubt about it, you know, when you talk about the moral part of it. But then, you know, God, uh, gives, I think, gives you the, uh, you know, the options, man, you know, and gives you that strength from time to time. You got to have faith in something, sure. you know what I mean? So whatever that is, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, and that, here comes multiple pathways, man. Yeah. And that's one of the pathways, like celebrate recovery, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what I hear you saying is, is that when that substance is interacting with your brain, it produces different types of behaviors. So some of the things that sometimes add to this stigmatizing idea of people who use drugs being bad people it's it's more or less symptomatic behaviors. It's behaviors that are symptoms of the disease they're experiencing. Can you can you help us define in your own words what a symptomatic behavior might be? Well, you know, uh, they have this thing that we build naturally in our brain called dopamines. I don't care what the drug is, it it, it them, it attaches to them receptors. I I know this now, you know, but I didn't know this. It attaches to them, and it creates that dopamine uh, blasts of it, you know. And uh, but that over time, you know, your body no longer naturally does this. You need that drug to do it. I mean, you know, you know, destroy some brain cells. You know, destroy the, you know, your body's uh, uh, sick and feeling addicted. You know, so you're doing this unnaturally now. And you know, that, that's that's that, that's the chemical reactions taking your place. Right. And to get that, we lie, cheat, and steal. I mean, it's just automatically your brain is conditioned. You know, to hey, get this any way you can. And, and what results in that is lying, cheating, and steal. I don't care. You know, that's that, that's like the. I mean, we all have the same organ. I don't care what that. It's called the brain. Yeah. I don't care what race you are, what nationality you are. That drug has the same effect on that brain. We lie, cheat, and steal. That's yeah. just automatic to get what we want, and that's that drug. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, it, it's <coughs> after time. It's less about feeling good and getting high, and more about staving off those horrible feelings of sickness and withdrawal, right? That is a large part of it, but, you know, it's about getting, yeah, it's about getting high, you know, and, and, but to, feel, to have that feeling, to forget about the rest, mm. nothing else is relevant, you know what I mean? And uh, we have spots there, you know, we think about, well, I'm not going to do this again, but then tomorrow you wake up sick and you go do it again, you know what I mean? So so there's a struggle there, man. We, we know, you know, our minds know, and we have, you know, as far as morals or whatever beliefs, we, you know, we we are, we are generally human, good people. You know what I mean? Right. But that drug, man, you know, it, it, hey, it just it just takes over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can really. It can hijack. Um, it it just hijacks the brain. But um, thankfully, um, for so many people, they've been able to, you know, get back in the. Uh, the driver's seat um and so let's move on to the next question um so how should we think and speak about the actual negative actions a person may perform when in active addiction um and what is actually happening to the person well that's what you know that's what i learned man uh you know you got that is a person that is a human being you know uh we we, I, i think naturally we're you know uh 
I want to say kind people, but human. You know, what I mean, we we have yeah. good and bad in us. You know, uh, that drug takes over, man. It ain't nothing but the bad. You know, it ain't nothing but the bad. But I'm telling you, man, recovery is possible. You know, yeah. and, and I I didn't think that at one time. You know, uh, man, come on, man, many years I ain't gonna be nothing else. That's what I said, and this is all I want to do. You know, but I had a moment there where I had some uh, uh, recovery time. You know, one week, two weeks, three weeks. I'm still going out like, okay, here comes a month. Our brain starts to change. Our mm-hmm. thoughts starts to change because that drug is not in control. Or oh, it's still there. Uh, every day, it's still there in me. You know, like you take a, I got high blood pressure. I'm diabetic. It's not curable, but it's treatable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So once you get that into that treatment, that recovery, you know, and you start learning this coping skills and how instead of using, I can do something else, you know. And when you, and you give me your brain time to re, rebuild, you know what I mean, get clear up, you know. You start to thinking, you know, well, hey, maybe I can do this. And I start to feel in there. I start thinking, looking at people different. I start looking at life different, you know. And uh, that's what happened to me this time, man. And, and, and I was given options. Oh, well, what about this? Because maybe you want to try this. Like I mentioned earlier, celebrate recovery. Yeah. Uh, there's 12 steps, and it works too, man. You know, there, there, there's a smart recovery. You know, uh, you know, there's natural healing. And there's all kind of options, whatever works for that person. So, so man, you know, I just like, okay. And, and the more I stayed in recovery, the longer I stayed in recovery, Next thing I know, I was going to Ivy Tech. I'm like, what? I can't write no, I can't write no damn paper. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. You know. What I mean? Next thing I know, I'm getting certified as a peer recovery. Club. What? <laughs> you know. And I stayed in the recovery house a year. Yeah. So I was able. To, uh, he came. To, uh, the director came to me and said, Hey, you want to try this peer recovery coach? I'm like, Yeah, let's try that, man. And I ended up staying there a year, and I was able to practice as a peer recovery coach because I became like the system manager. So this, you know. What you're exposed to, man, and life life changes, man. Recovery is possible. Recovery is for everyone. Cause I didn't think of oh, recovery. Yeah, okay, you got it over there, but sure. I can't get it. But you know, but it's great. Yeah. And, and I think you hit on something which is huge. So earlier you were talking about the need to believe in a higher power, yeah. and it doesn't matter which God you believe in, right. or if you just believe that like the of the greater good of humanity. You know, just some higher power. And what you we're just saying like after you got out of active addiction and just started putting in this like hard work and really rebuilding yourself it the amount of like change you were able to see and i I would say i think part of the reason it's good to believe in a higher power whatever that happens to be is because just doing these small things of being grateful having different coping skills reaps amazing benefits like going to ivy tech or getting like a peer recovery coaching certificate like things like this and it's like a a year ago this doesn't seem possible but through just these small but really really meaningful changes a whole world of difference can happen and it's so cool to see hey man that drug has you thinking you got you know what i mean (laughs) it has you thinking you got but you know, I, I now I, you know, like I said, there's there's uh, uh, about three major religions, uh, uh, and you know, it, ain't nothing wrong with faith. But, but find your faith and, and and work with that. There's something greater than me, ain't no doubt about that. And and, and that's why I stopped trying to define because I just know there's something greater than me. Yeah. I know there's positive and there's negative and uh, however it came about. I but I and so I know I'm, you know, that power or whatever it is. 
is is in control. And I ain't in control. But I used to think I was in control, but I was totally out of control. But yeah. that drug has you thinking you in control, that you got. But there's, there's something greater than us. And when you recognize that, man, that, you know, throw your hands up, say, hey, okay, I, I, I've been doing it over and over my way. You know, they say got that saying about, uh, you know, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You know, I'm crazy. I was crazy, man. Yeah. And some people still say I'm crazy today, but in a good way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, life's great, man. But, yeah, you know, ain't nothing wrong. We, we, we all got to have faith in something. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that perspective. Something that you said earlier in our conversation that you've uh, repeated a couple of times now is um, essentially the, the belief of what kind of person you are. Right. Growing up, if you are told you are a bad person because you made this mistake or whatever um, and you start believing you're a bad person, you're going to act like a bad person. I once heard a metaphor um, about like like either a board game or a video game. Let's say it's multiplayer and you and a friend are playing. One of you is playing a villain and one of you is playing the hero. Yeah. And you're going to play that game based on the role you were given to play that game with, right? right, right. You're going to make decisions based upon that role. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, can you speak more to that, like just the labeling that happens to people who are trying to enter long-term recovery that could have a negative effect on their outcome? Oh, yeah. I mean, society looks at people that are struggling with substance use disorder, like you said, as a moral issue. You could change if you want to. You know I mean? You don't have to do that, and you're only doing that because you're a weak person. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Uh, uh, you're not, you're not a Christian or whatever it is. You know, it's degrading. A lot of people degrade us because they don't understand it. Right. I mean, as simple as that. But, but uh, you know, uh, but the more information, you know, we're sharing, you know, like today, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, a lot of people look at us, you know, uh, uh, we're nothing. and never going to be nothing. And you're told that. I mean, just right there in the recovery uh, circles of AA, I was told if I don't work it this way, you know what I mean, uh, you ain't going to get it. Now, it was up to me to interpret that, you know, but I'm still using or uh, just starting to not use and struggling with that. And, and ain't nothing wrong with that. You, you're right, because 12-step works. Right. But, you know, I interpret that as like, hey, okay, well, I ain't going to get it because that's all I heard is that I'm not going to get it. So words play such a great, you know, part in our lives, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, nah, man, recovery is possible, man. Recovery, I don't care what you're struggling with. You know, maybe mental health issue or whatever, relationships, recovery is possible. It's just that being exposed to the information to the recover, the, you know, the skills and the, and the stuff like that, being exposed to that, but recovery is possible no matter what you're struggling with. Love that. And, and you hit on, like, it doesn't matter what you're going through. And you didn't, when you said it doesn't matter what you're going through, you didn't say it doesn't matter what drug of choice you have. Right. You said... Um, your relationships or the hardships outside of it. And that really speaks to something like deeper, like which is substance use normally comes out of these other issues that we're having. That's right. That's right. And just like getting those worked on can make a world of difference. Check this out, man. I still got some family members that won't talk to me Mm -hmm. and can't believe I'm in recovery. You know, can't believe I'm doing it because they think I'm still that person because I was so mean or I was so bad. You know, I hurt so many. But then that's okay. But I, I can cope with that now, you know, and I can continue to live in recovery and just, you know, do what I say, say what I do, you know, whatever. But, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but that's how much hurt can be. But that's okay. That's how you feel, you know what I mean? But I don't let that feeling affect me where I go back using 
right. know what I mean? I just keep moving on, you know what I mean? But yeah, even today, some uh, I got a couple family members still want to talk to them. All right, okay, but I love them, you know what I mean? And I understand how they can feel that way, right. you know, and we go on, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. So I, I think effectively we could consider this myth busted. People who use <laughs> drugs are not bad people. That's right, I hope so. And uh, you know, that ghost, man, you can get rid of that ghost, you know? I still maybe have some nightmares from that trauma to this day, but I get up. I can go, up, go upstairs and have a cup of coffee or, well, you know, a glass of milk. You know, I don't have to deal with that. That's my coping skill for that nightmare that when I was in that prison 16 years, you know, and seen the violence and live with that. What I'm saying, whatever, is recovery is possible no matter what you're struggling with, you know. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Minka, thank you so much for being our guest. Hey, it's you're such welcome, a pleasure man. To... I'm glad to be here, man. This is, this is pretty nice. You Absolutely. Know, I, I enjoyed this. It gives me a chance. You know, That's part of my recovery, talking about it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Love yeah. that. So how can somebody who is needing peer support reach you and get in touch with Multiple Pathways to Recovery? Oh, Multiple Pathways to Recovery. I'll see. Uh, got a page on Facebook. If y'all do Facebook, uh, I'm working on a, a regular page, but... Uh, Facebook, Mika Bechtemba, Multiple Pathways to Recovery. Uh, email, what is it? Multiple Pathways to Recovery, 118 G, uh, at uh, gmail.com. You know, uh, and then if y'all know Chase, y'all get in touch with me there. He knows me too. You yeah. know? I just met, uh, what is it? Uh, Mason. Mason, man. Mason good too, too, too. <laughs> but yeah, Multiple Pathways to Recovery, LLC, out of Avon. You can kind of find me on Facebook. I'm, I'm thinking that's the easiest way right now. You know? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Minka. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, for anybody who's listening, if you're struggling right now, please do uh, consider Minka as a support to you. Um, we vouch for him. He's he's a great guy with a great story and a lot of wisdom and a lot of a lot of hope to share with you. Um, if you feel like you're ready to take that next step into treatment, you're ready to uh, connect with others who are, are in recovery or starting out in their recovery journey, you want to get into that counseling, that therapy, uh, the Willow Center is the place for you. So please right. give us a call. Um, we're here in Brownsburg, Indiana, and our number is 317 317- Eight five two three six nine zero. We're ready to come alongside of you in that journey. This has been uh, episode one of season three of the Willow Center podcast. Right on, right on. <laughs> Catch us back here. Uh, we'll, we'll be back in in uh, the month of March uh, with our our next myth to bust and uh, and our next guest. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. <laughs>